So people often ask that, you know, is this idea of communities managing their forests really a mirage? Is it really a myth? Maybe in the past they never managed and certainly in the, in the change context of today, which is 150 years later after British rule started and, and today uh, the economic, social landscape of the country has changed so drastically in terms of whether it's population growth, economic development, people moving away from forest-based livelihoods and even agricultural-based livelihoods to other kinds of activities. Is it really meaningful to talk about communities managing their forests? That was the voice of Dr. Sharachandra Lele, who spoke to me more than two years ago as I was putting together a course on forest governance. Dr. Lele is a senior fellow at the Ashoka Trust for Research in Ecology and Environment. You can find this free online course featuring him and several other experts at www.nagriklearning.com. The fundamental question that we addressed in that course was about how we decide what forests were for. You're listening to me, Aju John, on the Nagrik Podcast. To use a few examples, a forest could be conserved because it is part of a tiger habitat or it could be managed to improve its timber yield or it could be felled to make way for a dam or a coal mine. The question that Dr. Lele and other experts helped me answer was, who gets to make that decision? What influence in particular should the people who live in a forest or depend on it for sustenance have in governing how forests are used? That is what brought us to the subject of forest-dwelling communities managing the forest they dwell in. And I think we have some very interesting examples, both historical as well as newly emerging, that need to be mentioned here. The historical example that is quite well known is the one panchayat case of Kumau in Uttarakhand, where because they got these con- uh, rights to uh, uh, declare a particular area as a one panchayat and then manage it themselves, you can see a lot of forest conservation happened there. Their livelihood needs were met. They managed the forest very carefully. They uh, got a certain amount of income from those forests and by and large, there, is be, there have been studies now which show that the community forests are in as good shape as the reserve forests and the management costs of getting them in that shape or keeping them in that shape are much lower than the, the uh, state expenditure on reserve forests. So, uh, they have been both cost effective as well as as conservation oriented uh, or, or not as state forests. As we know, there are failures in community forestry in one panchayats as well as in the reserve forest context. But the one panchayas do provide many examples of successful management of forests for sustainable use by local communities. Today, Kumau is an administrative unit in the Indian state of Uttarakhand. The one panchayat system in Kumau that you just heard Dr. Lele refer to provided space for Kumaoni communities to take control of forests and manage it themselves. This system emerged from a series of social movements that opposed 
the colonial takeover of Indian forests. During the first half of the 1800s, Indian forests were reliably supplying the timber that was a primary resource for industrialization and British colonial expansion. India's colonial rulers wanted a legal framework for this appropriation of Indian forests. After a series of experiments, they passed the Indian Forests Act in 1878, which empowered state officials to acquire forest land for the state. The Indian Forest Act of 1927 followed the general scheme of the 1878 law. It gives state governments the power to classify some land as reserve forests or protected forests. Such a declaration has to follow the procedure that is laid down under the law. Once some land is declared as a reserve forest or a protected forest, then it limits the right of private persons to use that land. This includes the communities that were living in that area and had been relying on the resources of that forest for their sustenance. Under the Indian Forest Act, such use of forest is most severely restricted in areas classified as reserve forest. In a reserve forest, most land use is prohibited, but these prohibitions can be relaxed by the state forest departments. In a protected forest, on the other hand, the government has to declare that specific types of land use is prohibited. These prohibitions are enforced through criminal law. The Indian Forest Act prohibits many acts in forests by declaring them to be forest offences that can be punished with imprisonment and fines. Arrests can be made without a warrant and bail is not granted as a matter of right. During the colonial period and even after independence, the state extended its control over vast tracts of forest land in this manner. This process extinguished the traditional rights of forest dwelling communities and eroded community rights. Legal control of forests in this manner prevented many other uses of forests that had previously sustained India's forest dwelling communities. As a result, forest dwelling communities came to be perceived as illegal occupants or encroachers of government forests. In 1947, India gained independence from colonial rule. The objective of the state in relation to the forests in the country was no longer their exploitation for a foreign colonial power, but their exploitation for development and nation building. The colonial Indian Forest Act, which remained in place, was used by the Indian state to extract timber and forest produce like resin. With the 1970s, the conservation of wildlife, especially of national symbols like the tiger, became a priority. The Wildlife Protection Act of 1972 used a scheme similar to the Indian Forest Act. The state had the power to declare a piece of land as a protected area. Once such a declaration was made, all kinds of human activity would be restricted in those areas and those restrictions would then be enforced through strict criminal law. Like under the Indian Forest Act, the forest departments of state governments had the powers to enforce these laws. These forest departments manage forests in accordance with their working plans. Now, all of this only applies to the administration of forests for a purpose that has not fundamentally changed the nature of the forest itself. Governments also have powers to divert forest land for completely unrelated purposes, meaning use the land for purposes that have nothing to do with forestry. Forest land can be used for infrastructural projects like power plants and roads, mines, and even development projects such as schools and hospitals. After the Forest Conservation Act of 1980, these decisions to use forests for a so-called non-forest purpose need the permission of India's central government. 
you're listening to the nagrik podcast my name is aju john with the indian forest act the first avatar of which was passed in the 1870s and the wildlife protection act that followed nearly a century later decisions about the governance of india's forests were being taken in the capitals of states by state government officials the nearly 300 million people who live in these forests or whose lives are sustained by them did not have a say these are some of india's poorest people and many of them belong to the scheduled tribes they include collectors of forest produce hunter gatherers shifting cultivators pastoralists and nomadic herders and artisans these ways of life that were closely intertwined with the forests in which they lived often came into conflict with the authority of the forest departments of the state which had to administer the state government's decisions for example under the orissa forest grazing of cattle rules of 1980 divisional forest officers have the powers to declare some forest closed for grazing from time to time after 1950 this extremely hierarchical legal framework for the legal control of forests existed alongside the constitutional guarantee of equal protection of law and the indian state's constitutional responsibility to provide special protections to those indians who had been historically discriminated against including the population of scheduled tribes under article 244 of the constitution read with the fifth schedule the president of india has declared some parts of india as scheduled areas most of these were the adivasi regions of india that had been classified as excluded and partially excluded territories during the british colonial rule and which had been ruled directly by the governors of provinces the governors of the states containing any of these areas among their powers in relation to scheduled areas can repeal or amend any central or state law applicable to such an area or modify their application states with scheduled areas would also have tribes advisory councils to advise on the welfare and advancement of the state's scheduled tribes in spite of these constitutional safeguards applicable to scheduled areas through most of the 20th century forest departments and the officials of the state and central governments wielded considerably more power over the governance of forests than the people who lived in these forests including the scheduled tribes forest dwelling communities had no stake at all in the management and protection of forests exceptions such as the one panchayat system in kumau were the result of social movements against the colonial governments similar social movements of communities that were unable to meet their own needs for forest products would routinely come into conflict with the forest administration and grew in frequency after the wildlife protection act further increased the powers of the forest departments we looked at one of them the chipko movement in the garhwal region of today's uttarakhand in a previous episode of this podcast perhaps as a result of such movements in the 1970s there was some official acknowledgement in the national forest policy of the role that local communities could play particularly in the regeneration of degraded forests if economic incentives such as a share in the forest produce were provided quite paradoxically this acknowledgement coincided with the greater centralization of forest governance that happened through the forest conservation act another important development took place in the 1990s when india modified the application of its local self government laws for scheduled areas local self government in india means units of government below the state governments that govern with autonomy over some matters in 1992 the 73rd amendment added part 9 to the constitution of india titled the panchayats it created across india 
three tiers of panchayats at the village, intermediate and district levels and set out the framework for how states could constitute them. But it clearly excluded the fifth scheduled areas for which the parliament was supposed to make separate enactments. The panchayats Extension to Scheduled Areas Act of 1996 or PESA was the law made by parliament for this purpose. Unlike the provisions of part 9, the PESA clearly gave a central role not to panchayats but to Gram Sabhas. Gram Sabhas are bodies comprising all the people registered in the electoral rolls relating to a village. It contains all the adult members of the village community. PESA recognized several powers of the Gram Sabha, including its powers to safeguard and preserve the traditions and customs of the people, their cultural identity, community resources and the customary mode of dispute resolution, manage minor water bodies and approve plans for projects taken up for implementation at the panchayat level. The minor forest produce of an area, for example, would be under the ownership of the Gram Sabha. The consultation with the Gram Sabhas was made mandatory for the acquisition of any land for development projects and before the resettlement or rehabilitation of project affected people in those areas. My name is Aju John and you're listening to the Nagrik Podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, please share this episode with your friends and colleagues. That really is the best way you can support our work. Nagrik Podcasts are a part of Nagrik Open Civic Learning, a project to reduce inequality in access to knowledge about law, public institutions and civic and political participation. Right now on www.nagriklearning.com, you can learn for free in Hindi as well as in English from a course supported by Oxfam and the Center for Policy Research about advancing community participation in the governance of India's forests. As I mentioned earlier in this episode of the podcast, the Indian state's legal control of forests had extinguished the traditional rights of forest-dwelling communities who came to be perceived as illegal occupants or encroachers of government forests. Things changed dramatically in 2006 when the Forest Rights Act recognized a set of these forest rights and vested them in the scheduled tribes and other traditional forest dwellers who have been residing in forests for generations, but whose rights had not been recorded. It recognized the rights of such forest dwellers, both as individuals and as part of communities. They had the right, for example, as individuals to occupy the forest land for self-cultivation and for livelihood. As communities, they had, for example, ownership of minor forest produce that has been traditionally collected within or outside village boundaries and the rights of access to collect, use and dispose of such produce. Minor forest produce includes all non-timber forest produce of plant origin including bamboo, honey, wax, 
tendu or kendu leaves, medicinal plants and herbs, roots and tubers. Apart from recognizing and vesting these rights, the Forest Rights Act also set up democratic procedures for decision-making at the level of settlements. As we saw with the PESA in relation to the country's scheduled areas, the village Gram Sabha would play a central role. This was a transformative law. See, so for instance, uh, I think across all the tribal areas, especially even in Melghat, the Gram Sabhas basically meant the, uh, the uh, collective meeting of the panchayats. And when we talk about the panchayats, it is not of one village, it is of multiple villages. So traditionally, what we have seen is the Gram Sabha of multiple villages coming together in a panchayat. It is not a village-level Gram Sabha that was, in, that was foreseen in PESA or in FRA. It was only after, like, you know, after 2011-12, uh, say, for the implementation of Forest Rights Act. So, around 2009-10, when we started making our claims, um, that the individual Gram Sabhas uh, are being conducted. I would remember, uh, even after the uh, 2008 uh, rules had come into being, uh, we were doing one meeting in, uh, like, you know, we were trying to understand how the um, FRA uh, claim process would begin. So we were having a meeting in, in a nearby nearby village. And then we started asking for where is the forest rights committee. So we realized that the forest there was a forest rights committee which was formed for a panchayat and not for a village. So that was the first point that we that we had to bring before the administration to inform them that, that this is not a this is not a forest rights committee. You have to form forest rights committee at the level of villages or at the level of hamlets. So that that it, I think it was as late as 2000. Uh, 9, 10, that like, you know, um, the idea of a village level Gram Sabha was still filtering down uh, within the administration and uh, with the villages. I think even now it is like, you know, it, in some villages it is filtered down, but in many of the villages, people are still struggling, people are still understanding when they make, when they, when they demand uh, that they are, they are the Gram Sabhas. And they don't have to be dependent on a forest, on a forest department or on a revenue department or on a panchayat raj department to conduct their gram sabhas. I think even the government cannot digest uh, 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 this fact. So this is where we are at this level. So wherever even people are trying to exert themselves as a gram sabhas, uh, sometimes with some, some sensitive officers who understand the essence of law, it goes down well. But with most of the government... Uh, I think it is not really very appreciated that villagers and the Gram Sabhas can work on their own. That was the voice of Purnima Upadhyay. Purnima is a founder of Koj, an NGO that works in the villages of the region of Melghat in the Amravati district of Maharashtra. Comprising the talukas of Dharni and Chikaldhara, the Melghat region stretches across a vast expanse of forest and a tiger reserve. Among Koj's organizational priorities, are the promotion of the effective use of community forest rights or CFR rights under the Forest Rights Act. As I have explained previously, it is the Gram Sabhas that exercise these rights. The Gram Sabhas can constitute committees for this purpose. These committees have to prepare a conservation and management plan for community forest resources, which it then must integrate with the working plans and micro plans of the forest department. This is a vital space in the law for forest-dwelling people and communities to participate in the governance of forests. Let us learn more about how this has operated in practice in the Gachiroli district, which lies further to the east of Amravati. That is where Keshav Gurnule works, 
through the NGO Srishti. Gurunay spoke with me in Hindi, so you can also listen to the English translation of the transcript. The voice that you will hear speaking in English is that of my friend, the anthropologist Jagat Sohail. Uh, we used to work on issues of Jal, Jungle, Zameen, that is, issues of water, forest and land, even prior to this. During the last 12 to 15 years, however, after the Forest Rights Act, we have sensed an opportunity. We had to understand the law and frame our demands. Initially, we demanded the individual rights, the individual land titles that were provided under the law for sustenance. There is no shortage of people willing to fight for individual rights, but it is a different matter when it comes to community rights and creating awareness and belief about community rights. There was always a sense within the community that this water, forest and land belonged to them. But now they had to make it their own under law. They just would not believe it initially. Are we really going to receive a thousand hectares of land, they would ask? There might be such a law, but is it actually going to happen? It was a matter of showing them that it was possible. For us, it did not matter if anyone believed it or not. At the end of the day, the community needed these rights. And these rights had to be granted to the community by the administrators and the bureaucracy. So we worked with the legislators and the panchayat members and government officials, though not so much with the forest department, because it was the tribal affairs department that was primarily responsible for implementing this law. We worked on the correct implementation of the committees under the law. In 2008, when these committees were set up, the government also did a lot for awareness campaigns around them because a Congress-led UPA government wanted to create awareness about a law With some help from organizations and individuals that were interested in this issue and some people in the media, we filed the first claim. The village of Mendhalika in Karchiroli made a claim for 1800 hectares of land. 
the claims were accepted in 2009 once that happened there was trust 2009 सरकारी एक लेवल पे ऐसा हो गया था की पटवारी ऑफिस फॉरेस्ट ऑफिस या ट्राइबल या पंचायत के जो सेक्रेटरी होते वो हमारे ऑफिस में आके ये सब करते थे हम लोगों ने उसका ट्रेनिंग भी काफी अच्छे से किए थे मॉड्यूल्स भी हम लोगों ने कुछ बनाए थे हमारे यहाँ के भाषा में मराठी भाषा उसकी होती है मराठी में योर लिसनिंग टू केशव गुरे ऑन द नागरिक पॉडकास्ट The powers of the Gram Sabha under the Forest Rights Act have conflicted with the powers of the forest departments under laws that have provided for the state control and regulation of minor forest produce. After community rights of ownership of a minor forest produce were recognized in the Forest Rights Act, the monopoly rights that the state's forest departments used to have in their trade became illegal. Rights holders under the FRA now have the rights either as individuals or as cooperatives or federations to undertake individual or collective processing of minor forest produce value addition and marketing any fees or other charges placed on these activities such as fees imposed on the transport of minor forest produce under the transit rules of the forest departments in some states are also illegal aur ye sab hone ke baad mein fir uska implementations ka jo prakriya raha mfp wala gon vanopaj जो होता है एनपीपी जो होता है उसको बेचने का तो उसके लिए भी थोड़ा झगड़ना पड़ा मेंडाले का जो गांव है उन्होंने पहला प्रयास किए थे बांस बेचने आफ्टर ऑल दिस देयर वाज अ प्रोसीजर फॉर द सेल ऑफ माइनर फॉरेस्ट प्रोड्यूस एंड नॉन टिंबर फॉरेस्ट प्रोड्यूस लेने के लिए उन्होंने काफी प्रयास किए देयर वाज अ बिट ऑफ स्ट्रगल फॉर दैट उस आंदोलन में खड़े थे यहां के विधायक को भी एक आंदोलन में The village of Mindhalika first tried to sell bamboo. They had to work a lot to get from the forest department the transit pass that would give them access to the bamboo. The legislator stood along with us in that struggle and we were able to sell the bamboo and also tendu leaves. This is now happening in several villages. Our gram sabhas are selling tendu leaves. They have bank accounts that get audited, PAN cards, and offices where they maintain records. This is also an organization of Gram Sabhas, and we work with that organization. अलग-अलग करके अभी तक तेवीस-चौबीस प्रकार के रिकॉर्ड हैं। Gram Sabha के अपने office हैं, उनका Gram Sabhaओं का संगठन हैं, और संगठन के साथ ही काम करते हैं।
We could ask how the community has benefited. I can give examples of bamboo, tendu, mahua. मजदूर करके काम करने के लिए जाते थे वेजेस करते तो उसको एक बंडल होता है दो मीटर के लंबा होता है और बीस टुकड़ा होता है उसका एक There used to be a paper mill run by the forest department. Twenty pieces of bamboo, each two meters long, is called a bundle. People would get paid twenty rupees as wages for each bundle. And later, very recently, that became forty rupees. बहुत सारा मिलने लगा, वो एक उदाहरण हुआ। इंदुपत्ता सरकार का जो रेट है, वो है सरकारी रेट। तो महाराष्ट्र में उसको होता है सत्तर पत्ता, पैंतीस पैंतीस सत्तर। And we never knew the price at which the government was selling. और एक इस तरह के अगर सौ मुड़का या बंडल उसको बोलते हैं, तो सरकारी रेट आज के तारीख में दो सौ अल्टालिस रुपया है। but when the Gram Sabha started selling them, it immediately became 100 rupees. People were receiving 60 to 70 rupees in wages and the Gram Sabha was able to retain 30 to 40 rupees per month. In Maharashtra, the government rate today for 100 bundles of tendu leaves, each containing 70 leaves, is rupees 248, or let's say 2500 for a thousand bundles. But when the Gram Sabha does it, the workers receive rupees 4000. The contractors to whom they sell it to pay 9,000, 10,000 or 5,000 depending on the quality of the leaf. So when they are getting such rates, the workers are receiving twice or thrice the government's minimum support price. वो पेमेंट भी बैंक के थ्रू की है एक चेक कटने का एस पर लिस्ट बनाने का There is no question of the Gram Sabha paying less than this MSP. कुछ गांव में ये भी देखने का Today workers are getting 500 or 600 or sometimes even 700 as wages for each bundle. And the entire management and control is in the community's hands. It hands out the transit pass, maintains records, has a bank account, and in many cases receives advance payments. Bhimanpalli is a village of 12 families in Garchiroli, which has community forest rights over more than 1900 hectares. With just 12 families, they cannot be much. So people from neighboring villages come to this village to harvest bamboo and tenu. Madhya Pradesh ke Mandala district ke log yaa ke inke yaa thiya rakhte te 
ब्रैगेट होके और अच्छे से काम करो उनकी प्रतिक्रिया भी है कि हम जिंदगी में इससे पीपल फ्रॉम मंदला इन मध्य प्रदेश हु यूज्ड टू कम हियर फॉर बैम्बू हार्वेस्टिंग वर्क बिफोर द पेंडेमिक सेड दैट दे हैव नेवर हैड वर्क लाइक दिस बिफोर इतना साफ सुथरा हमको कोई झंझट नहीं हाथ जोड़ने की जरूरत नहीं पैर जोड़ने की जरूरत नहीं पैसा तुरंत में मिलना बैंक में मिलना और तो वो हर साल इनको फोन करते हैं कि भाई आपका कब सुरवण हमारे तो इस तरह की भी एक कई सारे उदाहरण और प्रयास हुए हैं फिर सबसे बड़ा ये आता है कि डर है लोगों में खास आमतौर पे जो सिविल सोसाइटी के शिवाय जो बाकी दे हैव वर्क्ड विद कॉन्ट्रैक्टर्स एंड द गवर्नमेंट बट नाउ दे डोंट हैव टू बाउ बिफोर एनीवन एंड दे गेट मनी प्रॉम्प्टली इन देयर बैंक अकाउंट्स देयर आर मेनी सच एग्जांपल्स देयर वाज अ कंसर्न अमंग सिविल सोसाइटी एंड अदर कंसर्न सिटीजंस अबाउट हाउ कम्युनिटीज वुड सेव आफ्टर पेइंग आउट सो मच मनी टू वर्कर्स 20 लाख 10 लाख 15 लाख 8 लाख सारा पैसा इतना मतलब जो सरकार से मिलता था कॉन्ट्रैक्टर से मिलता था पेपर मिल मिल से मिलता था उससे दुगना तिगना चौगना देने के बाद भी पैसे बचे बट नाउ दे हैव आंसर्ड दैट क्वेश्चन बाय डूइंग क्रोर्स ऑफ रुपीस ऑफ बिजनेस ग्राम सभा के टेली में रिकॉर्ड है कैश बुक लेजर बुक सब मेंटेन कर ऑडिट करते हैं ऑडिट करके सरकार को भी देना कोई इनका एवरी ग्राम सभा हैज 20 लाख्स और 10 लाख्स और 8 लाख्स इन सेविंग्स इन स्पाइट ऑफ पेइंग आउट ट्वाइस और थ्राइस और फोर टाइम्स द अमाउंट्स दैट कॉन्ट्रैक्टर्स एंड द गवर्नमेंट वुड पे ये होता है बार-बार में मिलता है तो ब्लॉक लेवल पे उनका अपना इस तरह का एक ग्राम सभा All of this is audited, and some gram sabhas even maintain records on tally. चालीस है कई पचास है तो ये अलग अलग है और थोड़ा district level पे भी इस तरह का एक प्रयास उसका चल रहा है उसका भी संगठन. There is now even a mahagram sabha, an organization of gram sabhas at the block level. There is even an attempt to consolidate at the district level. अच्छी बातें हुई है कि जो कोरोना आया और पहले लाट में पहले इसमें सारा system बंद हो गया. और ठीक है इतना सारा पैसा है तो अभी तुरंत में लोगों के सोच में लोगों के बिहेवियर में विद द फर्स्ट वेव ऑफ द कोरोना पेंडेमिक द एंटायर सिस्टम शट डाउन इवन व्हेन इट वाज नॉट पॉसिबल टू हार्वेस्ट बैंबू फॉर 2 मंथ्स द ग्राम सभास वर एबल टू परचेस 2 मंथ्स ऑफ राशंस फॉर कोविड रिलीफ फ्रॉम देयर सेविंग्स जंगल में जा सकते थे लेकिन काट नहीं सकते ये सब थी तो इन ग्राम सभाओं ने कोविड रिलीफ के लिए खुद के लिए दो दो महीने का राशन अपने इस पैसे से सरकार को ना करते रेंजर को तहसीलदार को कलेक्टर को बुला के बोले कि हमने ये परचेस किए हैं अब आप वर्क फॉर द पुअर यूजिंग ओन मनी महाराष्ट्र तो इन लोगों ने उसके फोटोग्राफ्स और कुछ छोटे छोटे शायद वीडियो है क्या नहीं पता नहीं लेकिन फोटोग्राफ तो मेरे पास है और काफी उसके न्यूज भी उस वक्त आए थे कि ये पूरे महाराष्ट्र में अलग उदाहरण बन गया था कि खुद के पैसे से पूरे गरीब समान लोगों के लिए ये काम किए हैं सरकारी लेवल पे खासतौर पे फॉरेस्ट लेवल पे एक बड़ा चिंता रही थी शुरू शुरू में अभी भी थोड़ी उसके मन में आवर ओपिनियन हैज ऑलवेज बीन दैट पीपल रिजाइडिंग इन ट्राइबल एरियाज वर द मास्टर्स ऑफ द फॉरेस्ट जंगल दे देंगे बट देयर यूज्ड टू बी अ कंसर्न इन द गवर्नमेंट एंड स्पेशली इन द फॉरेस्ट डिपार्टमेंट दैट इफ फॉरेस्ट एंड द सीएफआरस वर हैंडेड ओवर टू द पीपल देन व्हाट वुड दे डू मालिक है लेकिन अगर ये भी ये करना चाहते हैं तो फॉरेस्ट डिपार्टमेंट को चिंता बड़ी होने लगी थी कि ये क्या बोलते हैं हम कहा जाएंगे सरकारी नीचे वाले अधिकारी बोलते थे कि सब दे देंगे तो हम कहा जाएंगे तो ग्राम सभा ने बड़ी सोच के अध्ययन करके एक बड़ा शॉकिंग 
सवाल का जवाब दे दिए थे कर्मचारी को देखो भाई हमारी अपनी इंडिविजुअल खेती किसानी भी है हमारे नाम के एक एकड़ दो एकड़ पांच एकड़ जैसे भी वो है और एक कृषि डिपार्टमेंट भी है वो तो खाली पेट नहीं है वो हमको हेल्प कर बैंबू villages which were earlier only essentially laborers in the process of bamboo harvest now that they are owners of the bamboo resource they have better uh, leverage with the contractors they have been able to extract better prices far better prices sometimes five times more than what they were getting under the forest department's uh, uh, pricing ar- arrangements so they have actually built up a lot of economic capital some of them are using it very prudently to then build uh, social capital train their youngsters to do more forest oriented activities and so on and so forth so you see very interesting set of experiments emerging in eastern maharashtra under community forestry or, or cfr management under the fra augmented by forest that they got under the pesa uh, and they are trying out various activities there are for example federations that have been formed of 80 gram sabhas in order to do more effective marketing of tendupatta and they are trying to negotiate with the uh, the tendupatta contractors to extract better prices from them Uh, of course the contractor lo- lobby is pushing back but this is part of the whole process of churning of the political economy uh, as communities try to take control of their forest resources there are examples where highly degraded forests have been regenerated by the community by investing lands uh, funds from nrga funds from watershed uh, uh, development funds from various other government programs that already exist in order to really regenerate a forest and make it much more productive than it was earlier for meeting their needs तो ये जो फॉरेस्ट डिपार्टमेंट के विलेज लेवल पे जो फॉरेस्टर रहता था उनका कर्मचारी रहता था उनको ले कुछ भी जंगल से लाना है गांव का एक तरह का मालिक जैसा हो जाता था या कई जगह कई उदाहरण है की महिलाओं की ये हुई है हिंसा हुई है उसके साथ वो गलत व्यवहार करता था फिर भी जंगल से ये सारे चीजें चोर के लाना पड़ता था चोर के 
These officials were somewhat like masters of the village, and in many places there are examples of them harassing the women. Even after bribing them, people would have to steal from the forest. Now this is transformed completely. No one has to steal from the forest. Then, no one would protect the forest either. But today, People carry their sticks to go protect the forest. This has only started changing in the last two or three years. Before that, people believed that the forests belong to the government. And now those villages that have done well are able to negotiate with the government on even terms. There is also conflict on the issue of plantations and this is at two levels. The first is that people cannot do anything in relation to timber without the permission of the forest department. Secondly, the government decides the kind of trees they want to plant. Trees such as teak do not benefit the people or the biodiversity at all. The forest department manages plans in accordance with its working plans and the Gram Sabha does so in accordance with its management plans. They're basically the same thing, but the forest department, which harvests timber in accordance with their working plans, claims that the people who have received the forest rights have only received the rights to non-timber forest produce. Those people who are aware will rightly ask, where is it said that they do not have rights to the timber? Of course, non-timber forest produce is explicitly stated in the law. If you take away the trees that give us its produce such as flowers or fruits, then what will be left for us? This is a complex and ongoing dialogue. The forest department says it will harvest timber and the Gram Sabha says they won't allow timber harvesting. So wherever this conflict has happened, the people have not permitted timber to be harvested. In some cases, there has even been theft of timber. Where a village has refused permission, they have remained at a neighboring village and attempted to enter the village as workers. There have even been attempts to enter the forest at night. We have maintained records of all of this. So people have become aware. But if we go back 10 or 12 years, this awareness was not there and people would not consider the forest their own. Both the government and the people used to think that forests belonged to the government and that anybody could steal from the government. Now, 
और लोगों के सोच में एक फर्स्ट रूप से अभी भी वो एक कहने में आ जाता है कि जंगल सरकार का है सारी चीजें सरकार के और सरकार चोरी तो कोई भी करता है सो आई थिंक अराउंड 2012 रादर was the first year where we where uh, we tried working on the management of minor forest produce especially of uh, commodity which were like you know commodities which were with the state that was bamboo and tendu so we started working with the tendu leaves because that was something that over which government exercised very tight control and um, it 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 was a, a federation of villages from um, um, from amravati gadchiroli and gondia right i remember around 16 villages 18 villages 16 from gadchiroli gondia and two from amravati where we were trying to um, negotiate with the government and trying to ensure that the uh, rights of managing the tendu leaves uh, came down to the gram sabhas and uh, while it took months to uh, get things on the paper and the government uh, the chief secretary the forest secretary at that time i think um, positively supported the whole process but uh, for the community for the communities to actually exercise it really meant a lot because it was completely under the control of the forest department so um, uh, traders were not willing to buy uh, uh, minor forest produce from the gram sabhas directly because they were not sure of how they would manage then they were not sure about their the way they function their transaction government were uh, like you know better not spoken of uh, but they were not willing to negotiate and work with the gram sabhas so the tenders uh, tenders that the gram sabhas uh, opened for uh, tendu leaves uh, went uh, with no participation of the traders uh, in, in the first year so gram sabhas had to manage uh, tendu on their own Uh, but they were supported by the uh, by the tribal development corporation they were given an advance uh, they managed their tendu leaves and i think almost 95% of their funds were funded back the advance that was given by the government was given uh, after utilizing and after procuring our own funds after the sale of tendu leaves it was given back to the government so the advance was refunded back to the government i think time in the of maharashtra where the grams passed to an advance from the government and very successfully returned almost 95 to 99 or 98% of the funds uh, that they took in some cases there was a bit of a loss um, but otherwise the whole whole fund was returned back to the government and that set a very positive tone of working on the management of tendu leaves uh, uh, in the state of maharashtra um and uh, uh, i think after that uh, gram sabhas now we working with almost Uh, more than 120 uh, villages in in five districts this is a federation uh, not just of amravati but this is a collectively we work with a federation of five districts and a, uh, and a few organizations facilitating the process as technical and legal service support providers uh, without any financial engagement um, and the whole process is managed by the uh, federation of gram sabhas at their level so this has been uh, uh, i think we we've, we've learned uh, over years how to manage this uh there has been like because i think we were lucky enough to have a very good forest secretary uh, who had supported this process and who would conducted meetings with with the forest officers uh, there have been little uh, uh, there have been hurdles but i would still say that like you know we went through those hurdles um, uh, 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 very effectively um compared to other states like like orissa is still facing those hurdles or the state like chatisgarh and um i think madhya pradesh is not even begun where like you know of the bulk manner forest produce lies so i think um, we've uh, successfully been able to and also 
the fact that gram sabhas have been effectively managing the forest uh, produce so for instance uh, not just in terms of finances but even in terms of ecologically managed managing the forest area so they have ensured that there is uh, no pruning of tendu leaves which was done earlier so that like you know that you you're not destroying the trees you are only trying to utilize the flush the fresh uh, flush of leaves that come into uh, that season then you're not uh, you're ensuring that there is no forest fire uh, for uh, cutting of tendu leaves so you're ensuring that it, you're not only taking conserving your forest areas for your own livelihood but you're also contributing to the actual conservation of the forest area so i think we on that front i think we didn't have much of a struggle with the forest department but very interestingly um, uh, we have a lot of struggle with the rural development department under which uh, uh, the management of uh, rights under pesa uh, comes in the state of maharashtra uh, so what has happened is uh, that after uh, uh, after the enactment of the pesa rules and also with the activation of the gram sabhas under the forest rights act uh the the rural departments or the panchayats uh are actually trying to replace uh the forest department and they are the ones who create most of the hurdle in most of the areas whether it's gadchiroli or yavatmal or in terms of or even in melghat where they are, the, the the rural development officers are trying to replace themselves with the forest officers when it comes to the management of uh, of tendu leaves and apart from this they have no interest in uh either building capacities of the gram sabhas or in trying to empower them to uh, manage their forest produce so this is a kind of a, a process that is evolving on the ground and everyone is trying to learn everyone is trying to um, uh, mitigate through the challenges that is happening on the ground every year and um, i can tell you that every year when the when the minor forest produce season starts it's like a, a season where like you know you are you have to be constantly um, on your blood pressure pills you i mean you can't get it off because there's so much of confusion there's so much of chaos between these different departments trying to overstep on each other and and not really uh, like you know give gram sabhas the space to do what they want so while we have got the forest department out with the fra with the pesa we've got the rural department in which actually does not know anything about the forest management that it has very little idea about what the gram sabha should do and so there is a lot of confusion on the ground in 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 those periods and we have a lot of work to do that was the voice of purnima upadhyay who is the founder of coach an organization that works with gram sabhas on developing capacity for the effective use of community forest rights in the melghat region of the amravati district in maharashtra you're listening to the nagrik podcast now the nodal government agencies responsible for the implementation of the forest rights act are the tribal affairs or tribal welfare departments in the states the person you're going to hear from now used to be a project officer with the tribal development department of the government of maharashtra in dharni and melgat mithali sethi an ias officer of the 2017 batch is currently the chief executive officer of the chandrapur zilla parishad her article which was published on the news and opinion website article 14 in september 2021 explained how the rural employment guarantee and forest rights laws were coming together to advance the rights of the native korku tribe the article which is linked from the description of this episode spoke about the village of sosokheda in the dharni block which had secured a cfr title to nearly 200 hectares of its traditional community forest lands in 2012 
so um, this is not the first time that we have we have been working under tendupatta in fact in chikhaldara there is an organization called coach which works under punima upadhyay and um, there uh, there have been precedents of villages who have done good work with tendupatta already but like i told you melghat is like a really large area so dharni is actually around 3 hours away from uh, chikhaldara and all this work has actually been done in achalpur which is actually another 2 hours away from where dharni is so now um, what i feel about community forest right is that now this these villages that we have worked with they got their community forest right in 2012 which was a good 7 8 years before we started working with them now in forest rights act the guidelines that were released later um, after the main act came into force also told the state that you know you have to give post cfr support also a post right support where the state was given the responsibility that if there are there is any other coordination required with other departments to give all these rights and um uh, implement these rights in their full spirit then the state uh, was also told that you know you provide all that support that is the area in which i feel uh, we 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 keep failing constantly because um in areas like sosokeda about which i wrote in areas like rangubeli for example now sosokeda and rangubeli are both buffer villages i was telling you about core and buffer uh when i went to uh, melghat we did not have a single core village which had gotten a community forest right not even a single core village in the next 6 months we kind of worked on Uh, the FAQs that uh, Ministry of Tribal Affairs releases constantly, and you know, we we kept an argument that you know nowhere in the Act is it written that a core village area just by the fa- by the reason or logic that there is a tiger reserve would not get community forest right. And even with the dissent of Forest Department, we were able to you know I mean I I think Amravati became the first district in Maharashtra to actually give a community forest right in a core area. But over a period of time, I realized that. all of these core, core uh, community forest rights that we are giving we give the right and we give this space piece of paper into people's hands but we don't tell them what to do with it like there is there is this large area which is under the control of not the revenue but the forest department um and there are there is two kinds of planning now the forest department can say that you know uh, we are giving you work and we are giving you a living wage and we are giving you right to let's say access ntfp also i mean let's say let's say they say we have a very large heart and we are give, letting you access ntfp and um you get employment and you get ntfp but there's a planning which is participatory where you sit with the people and you say that you know you're going to live here for the next 50 years i am not so what do you say uh, should should this uh, village go on uh, on what's the development plan for this village and you tell me what do you need to do and i have always felt that community forest right gives you that opportunity that you know you sit with the village a shivar ferry does not have to be a shivar ferry that has to be done only because an act has written uh, that you need to do a shivar ferry it can actually be something where, where when you do it in spirit and you actually engage people in that discussion it it actually brings about some an excellent conversations excellent discussions and then you know people do this participatory rural appraisal they make maps and then they realize oh my god this is what is happening so when we started doing this entire exercise the one thing that we did was uh, villages in achalpur who had done something were called to dharni and we told people that you know you have examples right here in melghat 
who've done something good after a community forest right and this is something that you can also do i mean the pyvihir village that we have in achalpur where coach has worked has done an excellent job i mean they started selling sita phal and you know you you were asking me about market and all that they have this beautiful story of how the younger people would go to the market in the morning would call older people and tell them that you know look this is the market price today so we are going to sell today or or tomorrow and that this was the time when you know the phones uh, were just coming in the market and all that but over a period of time they met this contractor and the contractor told them about this new fancy term called grading and they said that you know if you grade you might actually get a much better price so there was this this good person that they f- found somewhere and who started helping them uh, in terms of bada isme dalna hai chhota isme dalna you know these small small things which help you in agriculture and then they went on to create their own brand of sitafal and they started selling this whole thing in fact paivihir is really special because when paivihir got its community forest right it was a bare land it was literally given to them as a throw away piece saying that you know here here is 192 hectares of land because anyway nothing is growing on it and now if you go see paivihir they've planted i don't know thousands of amla ka ped and it's completely green today that's what people can do to a community forest right to their economic rights and so much narega work actually opened in paivihir that people would tell you stories of how 5 years back uh, there used to be aadha uh, gaon khali ho jata tha there used to be 50% migration and now when you see people would say that you know there's only 2 3% of people who go because everybody else is working already and they're getting that living wage so uh, now based on that logic we said that you know if you're going to work in dharni we are first going to say that you know people need to be told ke this has happened in in a place where they uh live already i mean it's it's literally like 200 kilometers from here so what we did was we picked up eight villages and we called first we called the cfrmc adhyaksh whoever is the head and the secretary and uh, we said that you know what do you think is happening and most of the training sessions that we take are literally monologues like in general government is so bad with trainings because all we do is we stand on the stage and we say that you know this is what yes or the yes or the yes or the yes or the so one thing that we were very particular when we were doing this is to tell them that you know we are not going to speak and you are the uh, speakers here take a mic and learn how to speak to people so when we um, did all these trainings we used to have this extensive participatory exercise we just make people sit on the floor and we would say like you know map banao like this is how you you do resource mapping so you have to learn that skill for your own village then uh, we did an online training for these people and we called people from gadchiroli we called the sarpanch of meenda lekha uh, we called this um, uh, palghar se we called a resource person who kind of spoke to them about pesa and cfr then we had samaj pragati sahyog working with us jisme uh, swami durke was there so he started telling people that and the i think the basic thing that we did differently was we started engaging forest very productively in general uh, there there is always a lot of misgiving about forest that you know um, they don't support us and they are not doing things properly and next by that but i have realized that there are a lot of field workers 
who if given that trust opportunity with people also find their own sense of purpose somewhere when they are working on the field because otherwise they are also they constantly question that you know what is this conflict about i mean you know people are constantly berating forest officers ki in logon ne hamara jeena haram karke rakha hai all of that so we told forest officers that you know you come and take training for these people because you have technical expertise they don't have expertise so we used to tell them that you know up to aapne cfr de diya hai now you've given that forest right it's no longer yours so now you can't say that you know hum hum denge nahi because that bus passed long long back so now you start engaging productively so we always used to call rfos in our meetings and those meetings were headed by me but there were people rfos and people sitting together and there was these conversations that we used to have ke jungle mein kya karna hai kya nahi ho sakta kyun nahi ho sakta that kyun is very important for people to understand ke agar cct nahi le rahe hain to kyun nahi le rahe so that people understand ki okay this is their point of view can we keep their point of view and still do something in this given set of situations and then uh, we started doing our field work to humne ye tendupatta ka problem to itna we had uh, when this tendupatta season started the rfo issued a letter so so you know it, it was a mixture of discipline power authority uh, along with a lot of participatory hard work and saying that you know this it's also a people's thing so to give you an example of the first part when rangubeli was actually collecting its tendupatta this year which was the 25 after 25 years i mean we were like you know we've been working in rangubeli the community forest right work is going on well so uh, why should it not collect tendupatta because most of the times what rangubeli was being told was you are a buffer village so if you go through the buffer village in the fire season we don't know who might put fire to the forest and therefore you are not allowed to go through the buffer village that that's the argument that a lot of rfos used to give so this year also one rfo actually issued a letter to a village saying that um aap jangal se ja rahe hain to wo jangal mein aag lag sakta hai as a possibility hai therefore you are not allowed therefore we cannot permit you to go through that jungle and collect ntfp so now when that was told to me uh i mean as an sdm i just felt that you know it that was my responsibility to kind of counter something like that because to me if it goes against a central act in law or in spirit then it is i mean i have to counteract it some way or the other so then i issued a letter citing the rfo's letter and i cited the clause of fra that you know you cannot uh, stop people from going into the jungle and therefore i said that whatever you have written please take it back it does not apply to anybody and that one letter actually uh, allowed a lot of people in buffer villages to go into the villages and then say that you know we are going to collect our ntfp and uh, because when you have something in your hand then you can tell an rfo that you know this is a senior officer's letter and she is allowed us to uh, go into the jungle so that was uh, after uh, this this small hurdle then rangubeli actually sat again with its forest people and there was no conflict you know and i am again and again emphasizing on how important it was for us to engage forest productively so they sat with its forest officers and then the forest officers said ki okay uh, you can collect tendupatta from your cfr area not from the rest of the area which i still feel is still wrong but theek hai i said okay as, as long as you are permitting us to use the cfr area which is completely theirs so that it was after 25 years that rangubeli collected uh, tendupatta and we were like uh, it was a very very different feeling for us to know that rangubeli is collecting it and then they got some uh 1.5 lakhs and then they distributed that money uh, amongst themselves so that was the tendupatta story but this whole cfr mc 
मेकिंग द सी एफ आर एम सी स्ट्रेंथनिंग द ग्राम सभा स्ट्रेंथनिंग इज सो इम्पॉर्टेंट एंड दीज आर यू नो द इंटेंजिबल्स दैट द स्टेट जनरली आईदर स्किप्स और अ लॉट ऑफ टाइम्स वी डू नॉट नो हाउ टू हैंडल इट ऑन एन इमोशनल लेवल ऑल्सो यू नो हाउ डू वी आस्क पीपल टू जस्ट सिट टूगेदर एंड जस्ट टॉक एंड समटाइम्स आई फील लाइक इट्स जस्ट डिफिकल्ट फॉर अस टू गेट आउट ऑल्सो वी आर सो यूज टू जटिंग इन टू एवरीथिंग दैट वी कॉन्ट जस्ट से दैट यू नो आई ऑलवेज यूज टू फील के आई एम आई एम अ फेसिलिटेटर हियर एंड आई एम नॉट सपोज टू डू एनीथिंग आई मीन इफ आई कैन जस्ट ब्रिंग टू टू थ्री um uh, kinds of people together and just leave them and just stand back and say that you know okay they're doing their work and they're doing a good job and whenever i they tell a problem to me i would intervene and say that you know okay theek hai this problem i will solve but apart from that um conversations helped a lot and with tendupatta especially um in melghat we also have um a, a gram sabha union i mean this pyvi is actually a part of gram sabha union in which rangubeli participated this year so they have a union of gram sabhas where if any gram sabha who wants to sell through the union because uh, with with forest produce especially with minor forest produce the economy of scale really helps to get a better price so then any village who kind of wants to sell through the union would uh, can inform the government and say that you know i want to participate in option 2 and i am going with the union so then they participate through through that so coach has kind of helped uh, make us that um, collective in a manner where um, bargaining with the contractors is not new to them i mean that is something uh, that bargaining power they have now so rangubeli chose that a lot of villages go through uh, the forest route or the government route also depending on uh, with whatever seems more profitable to them but it is in their hands to you know take that decision yeah. what has been your observations about you know the the developments in uh, participation in the exploitation of cfr rights and uh, how have they improved how have uh, how has gramswa deliberation improved how has uh, you know cfr committee deliberation improved in the period during which you observed it so the i mean the difference is always visible you know when you take a lot of gram sabhas you would peculiarly see in rural areas that women are missing there will be no women i mean women will have a women gram sabha separately because they always tell us that you know log daru pe ke aate hain and they like you know they create all these uh, problems and all of that so what we uh, uh, saw in rangubeli especially in places like rangu sosokheda mein to if you go it's like the entire you'll see more women than men in a gram sabha and it's like the entire village is there i mean it, it's not a very large village but you would you would feel like you know itne sare log and you would ask them what is the population because you would imagine that you know at aadha gaon aayega but no they would be like we are like all here like we we left all work because you are here it it it's like that in sosokheda and in ranguveli also uh, over a period of time when we started uh, going there to pehle pehle when we used to go it used to be like acha do log aa rahe hain teen log aa rahe hain then we would say that you know aaj hum shikar ferry ke liye ja rahe hain so one exercise that we used to take uh, shuru mein was something called demarcation so community forest rights now you also have to demarcate it's a it's a very big exercise because the large areas the perimeter is very large but it also becomes an opportunity for us to you know bring people together because we used to say ke chalo abhi paint leke chalo and we have to demarcate cfr so we've demarcated almost 45 kilometers of cfr now so people would just go and uh, har ped pe they like they would 
paint and say that you know this is CFR this is this 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 compartment number and all of that and then they would paint all these patthars um, that are below the paint and all that so they would say that okay this jungle is our now to to put that thing into people's head that you know this jungle is your requires for for them to like see ke ye kaun sa jungle hai then they when they are doing all this shivar ferry they would also plan ki acha uh, yahan pe kaun sa kaam lena hai yahan pe kaun sa kaam lena hai yahan pe cct ho sakta hai so sometimes we used to tell rfos also to come so in some of these exercises i would go like rangubeli mein i went one day before um, they kind of started their shivar ferry so the rfo had to come because the protocol is such ki rfo ko aana padta hai so then rf also went with them so initially we had some demarcation trouble we kind of sorted out that trouble and uh, then we said ke when the rf also goes then it's like okay theek hai so whatever is decided is legal and the forest agrees to it and therefore it's easy for us to execute it because all agencies are on board so then uh, that that is how we started kind of demarcating our areas and shivar ferry ke baad uh, you would um, i mean the difference that for me the difference has been uh, i got a one day and somebody told me that rangubeli had this approach road uh, which was jo kharab tha like and they did not have a lot of funds so the gown decided that now we'll repair it ourselves so they went out there and they repaired that road by themselves they just got all the material together nobody paid them anything and they just said that you know this is our village and we'll repair it so for me that lesson has been uh, much higher for me it's not cfr mc wo to it was something that was a low hanging fruit for me that once i made cfr mc cfr mc discussions would start and that would start happening people came together gram sabha started happening but this was new for me that you know when people come together they take ownership of much more than just the forest they would say that you know the development is also ours and in sosokeda uh after we started narega ka kaam and um, there was reverse migration and all that uh after which there was plantation planned for which they could not get administrative approval and i was also transferred out the all of that was going on and they said that you know uh theek hai if we did not get administrative approval we'll do shramdan so for 7 days 7 whole days the entire village went into cfr and they planted 5000 saplings without getting any money out of it to me that's i don't think we as urban people would ever do manual work without getting anything out of it you know and these people just for 7 days when they could have worked in their fields when they could have gotten a living wage out of doing something and these are people who do not survive without living wages you know i mean they would want that money to survive they're not very rich people but for 7 days there was i mean when i meet krishna in sosokeda he's just so passionate about community forest right and it's planning and he says that madam hum karke dikhayenge aap tension mat lo and ye karenge wo karenge so i just tell him that you know i'm going to come every once in 3 years to see what what are you doing so now i mean it's the spotlight also since the spotlight is now on that village it has also started getting that kind of attention so one time you go so people are like caste certificate nahi hai to teen din mein we gave them caste certificate then they said lpg connection nahi hai now this year we are giving them 100 lpg connections so it's that you know it's not cfrmc gram sabha committees and all that that's just one silo that was easy for us to do but what resulted because of those constant discussions it's like you know you wo hindi mein wo neev bolte hai na you've made the foundation strong of something and then you can be assured in that you know this this village is going to take care of its development i think that was our big prize for all of us
areas of uh, you know other villages that did particularly better than other villages yeah yeah uh, in soul exercise and what would you attribute uh, you know that to um lot of things i think the first thing for me was uh, how big the gaon is how heterogeneous the population is i mean that is definitely number one for me uh, and th- this is very simple you know i mean when we talk about nutrition or health for example people always overlook the most basic thing which is biology so we keep attributing things to nurture nurture when actually nature plays a huge role so it's like that you know when we start looking at a village the heterogeneity of population really matters because thoda sa na clustering uh, a, a village normally falls into clustering so if there are tribals and there are non tribals then there would be basic differences into how people are living and it would become uh, a tad bit more difficult for us to kind of bring people together so villages that are more homogeneous villages that are a little smaller it has been easier for us to kind of uh, work in those villages and uh, also i have also noticed that in areas which are largely uh, extensively tribal and all that the politics is also much lesser people are also like you know theek hai ye karna hai they're not very fidgety they're not very jhagda nahi karte hain they're like you know theek hai this is what needs to be done they accept the government and the leadership very quickly but i feel like apart from all of this uh, again i mean this was very ulta because generally we say that you know villages like sosokeda rangubeli are not very accessible and therefore you know they 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 are at a disadvantage but in this case the interior villages were much more successful for us because they had vast swaths of jungle they knew that you know if they do, do not do this they would have to migrate because there is what are the alternate sources of employment for them so if if mrgs work was given to them if it was told that you know this is something that you need to do then they would just go ahead and do it the other difference that uh, is also there is in the nature and form of the jungle that is available to them so if the jungle is uh, uh, an area where there is a lot of uh, non timber forest produce there is some produce that is available then it's easy for us to bring people together because there is a short term gain and uh, the one i mean when elinor ostrom always you know speaks about community action and collective action she mentions these set of conditions which need to be fulfilled when you are trying to bring, bring people together so if there is a short term gain where we can tell people that you know this is uh, happening and you know therefore come together so a lot of people would uh, would not resist also they would just say that you know yes i mean we would come together but abrani gaon for example was was a big village for us so we could bring a lot of people together we could generate a lot of work but because the peop- the village was so huge it was very difficult for us to say that you know we would bring everybody together and then people in ranigaon were also uh, the income group was a much high, was a tad bit higher than uh, the other jungle area so there it was a little like uh, we are not interested in in this forest thing because we are the aspirations of the people are uh, like like we discussed the relationship of people to forest is also a little different from um, how it is in the interior villages so definitely i mean there's a lot of difference and in fact i always say that um for for all these villages we need to adopt a different strategy we need to plan a little better and we la- need to also have some diversity uh when we are planning for all those villages there are of course also the uh, earlier com- informal community forestry examples from orissa where communities facing a huge shortage of firewood and grazing because of the degradation of forests uh thousands of communities set up these small community forestry groups and started protecting and managing that forest resource unfortunately under the implementation of the fra in odisha these community forest areas have not yet been recognized 
as uh, the informal uh, informally married areas have not yet been recognized as CFR areas. One of the reasons being that most of these informal management arrangements came up in mixed communities of Adivasis and non-Adivasis. And somehow the FRA implementation in Odisha is still stuck with the idea that the uh, claims can only be granted to Adivasis or only in pure Adivasi villages, which, you know, uh, is completely incorrect, uh, is, is an incorrect in interpretation of the FRA. But nevertheless, because of that, a whole bunch of these community forests are still outside the purview of the FRA. Hopefully, those will also eventually come in and one will see uh, a dramatic expansion of community forest management in Orissa as well as other parts of Central India, where communities in a sense are highly forest dependent, um, have traditionally used and could potentially manage the forest in ways that, for example, demonstrated by the one panchayats, demonstrated by the new experiments in Gadchiroli and other parts of Maharashtra, and also demonstrated to some extent by the community forestry groups of Orissa. That was the voice of Sharachandra Lele, a senior fellow at the Ashoka Trust for Research in Ecology and Environment. Dr. Lele was speaking to me in 2019 about the situation in relation to community forest rights in the state of Odisha, where in spite of a history of community-led projects for conservation and forest protection, CFR titles had not yet been granted under the FRA. The situation changed recently when the state approved these titles for 24 villages in the Nayagad district. We'll now listen to Vandana Dhup, an independent researcher whose work has covered Nayagad's women-led forest protection committees. Essentially, the, the practice that uh, they have in, um, in most uh, tribal societies is where the, the people, they are the primary collectors, the, the village uh, uh, the, the people from the village, they're the primary collectors, they go and collect all the MFP and NTFP and they have these seasons wherein the activity goes on for uh, the particular crop that they are going and, um, you know, um, collecting. So, after these uh, people collect uh, the, the produce, it's mostly these, you know, heart bazaars that are there that are these local heart bazaars that which are set up of course by the state nodal agency and it's like this proper mechanism in place with the uh, with the ministry of um, tribal affairs um, you know uh, kind of decentralizing this process to um, the tri-fed or, uh, or the you know the tribal cooperative marketing development federation of india limited which uh, basically handles the marketing a bit of uh, mfp and uh, these uh, so so it's it's an it's a it's a well uh, structured uh, process uh, these primary collectors go they sell it to these hard bazaars these hard bazaars go and they go and uh, the local um, SSGs which are connected with you know, which have some recognition from the tri-fed or, you know, you have these, um, uh, these, uh, these lamps, you know, these lamps or uh, they're called the large area multi-purpose societies. So they kind of go and they'll, they'll purchase it uh, from these, uh, uh, you know, primary procurement um, agencies or the hard bazaars. And, and then this, this, this structure goes way uh, ahead and you know the district collector is involved the zilla panchayat uh, or you know the zilla panchayat procures it in mass in in um, in in wholesale and then it gets distributed that and all this is managed by the trifid so in i mean formal 
formal mechanism this is the formal mechanism but when you talk about um, and this has been um, i mean this is this is probably from say 2013 that such an such a structure has come into place and it's still it's still kind of evolving because i mean a lot of these uh, these sags and you know these hard bazaars have to get registered with the state nodal agency so unless they kind of get a formal recognition they're not very um, i mean they're still in they're, they're not very they're not taken seriously enough so i mean the process is still ongoing to um get these structures uh moving in like in a good uh, in in you know as a as a very efficient uh system but uh informally there are of course a lot like informally it's it's a wonderful study one can do in niagara because um they have uh, they have a very good system of benefit sharing that they call and uh, you know they um so i mean if i just have to pick up few points from what to what is it that they exactly do under this benefit sharing mechanism um they kind of so you know they the commercially lucrative mfps like you know uh, from nayagar like kusum flowers or the siali leaves and things like that they they kind of what they're going to do is they're going to go these primary collectors are going to go and they're going to collect it and they're going to bring it and set it up uh, or you know just sub uh, deposit it with the local forest protection committee or the executive committee that's there and it's wonderful to see how these people you know um then distribute these uh Uh, these uh, these mfps within the uh, within the village itself so you know you have like equality among them when it comes to sharing of these uh, commercially lucrative um, uh, mfps and uh, you know it's so things like mangoes and things like uh, the kusum flower the siali leaves uh, it doesn't happen too much with the fuel wood and timber because that's a very um, that's that's one of the resources which they conserve um and um, you if you really want them if you really want to use those um uh products from the forest you probably have to pay an amount to the fpc or to the uh, executive committee whichever is in place and then you know they might uh, allow you to extract uh, fuel wood or bamboo from their forests but when it comes to uh, when it comes to this mfp it's it's mostly sharing it's benefit sharing so um it's only in case of few villages where you know they kind of um will uh, sell it in the hart bazaar and then the profit that they make from uh the selling is distributed among the villagers and then whatever extra is left they keep it for the vil- uh, the village welfare fund and then they come back and whatever money and this is this is something that the fpc is doing right so the fpc uh, the, there'll be these people who've gone and collected the produce from the forests they've come and they've deposited it at the fpc center in their village and it's these it's it's this fpc that's gone and sold this produce within the local hart bazaar or whatever and this hart bazaar is basically what is um is a congregation of other neighboring villages and you know they kind of uh, sell that to each other uh, and uh, the fpc comes back with the money from the sale and they kind of share the money and they share the money within all the households and 
whatever extra is left is usually used for the village well is usually is used for the uh, welfare of uh, the village so maybe you know these celebratory functions that they're going to have or some um uh, i don't know some yeah mostly for festivals actually they use this for festivals or for you know mass um Uh, mass um, eating drive that they're going to arrange on some function so so all of this so they'll use it for that purpose um and benefit sharing uh, also happens through uh, you know like like mangoes um i can give you an example of mangoes how these people go and collect mangoes and they kind of deposit it at the fpcs and then the fpcs are going to not even go and sell it they're going to distribute it among the village the households and uh, you know equally distribute uh, distribution of mangoes happens in a lot of villages uh, directly and they don't they don't sell it so they they do this with a lot of um, uh, produce from the forests um with with regards to timber and fuel wood uh, they don't um they don't have any commercial sale when it comes to timber and fuel wood you need the permission of um the fpc or the executive committee that's in place to actually um use it but that use is also only for domestic purposes so in case you want you your you know your hut is uh, completely in shambles there's been some attack from some wild uh, some wild animal so you go and you kind of submit a request to the fpc and then they're going to be like okay they're going to approve it and they're going to ask you for an for a, for an amount uh, which which you will uh, which you which you probably have to submit and then you can go and get it uh you know then you can go and extract that fuel wood from the uh, from the forest um but commercial use of fuel wood and timber is definitely not uh, something that they that they do and they don't i mean if if it's happening illegally then like i told you they they go and you know they'll have a formal appeal they'll ask for a penalty fee so this is this is this is a very good institutionalized a uh, way in which benefit sharing happens in nayagar not not exactly the entire nayagar but a lot of these villages that have been granted the community titles so yeah you're listening to vandana dhoop on the nagrik podcast on this podcast we learn together to become better at public life in previous episodes we've learned about the global campaign that delivered significantly cheaper medicines during the aids crisis about the struggle to protect the niamgiri hills of odisha from mining and about how some remarkable lawyers are providing legal services to the survivors of communal violence in india the nagrik podcast is available on all major podcast platforms all you have to do is to search for the nagrik podcast nagrik podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher podbean or google podcasts when you find our feed you will find the older episodes there as well subscribe to the feed to know when we release a new episode this podcast is a part of nagrik open civic learning a project to radically reduce the inequality in acquiring the knowledge and the skills to effectively participate in public life by publishing free and open learning materials
earlier in this episode, I spoke of how the Forest Rights Act was a transformative law. For over a century, many communities in India had been treated by the law as encroachers upon the very lands that they have been living in for generations. And then in 2006, the Forest Rights Act carved out a space in the law for these very communities to take the lead in governing those forests. But like any paradigm-shifting project of decolonization or for the decentralization of power, fears are expressed about whether the newly empowered people are actually ready for the responsibilities of power. In this case, community forest rights were to be governed through the institutions of the village Gram Sabha and the forest rights committees functioning under the Gram Sabhas. Let us now listen to Purnima Upadhyay and Keshav Gurnuli. See, the, uh, what has happened is uh, now we have villages, for instance, we had a cluster of villages that had custard apple in their, uh, in their community forest, in the area that was recognized under the community forest rights. So now these villages, uh, these villages actually negotiated their own way to the markets. We helped them with a little amount of branding and packaging and they were able to manage their custard apple very well. Um, they, they, they explored the market on their own. They explored, uh, the transportation, they explored the grading of the fruits, um, and they ensured, uh, ensured that people got livelihoods and plus they were able to save a little bit, little amount of money. This is not a very, uh, this is not a huge, um, uh, minor forest produce area. If you look at Melghat, Melghat is predominantly teak dominated area. So we have. We very have very ha little. Uh, we have very little area which is under minor forest produce, with, be it bamboo, be it tendu, or be it mahua or any other minor forest. We have actually pittance. If you compare it to all the other areas of with uh, say Gadchiroli, Chandrapur, or Yavatmal, or all the other areas. So we are predominantly a teak dominated area over which we are still struggling to ensure our rights. There is very little amount of minor forest produce um, uh, in 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 this region. And uh, so we have, uh, say, we have around a cluster of around 35 to 40 villages that are managing their tendu leaves over the past uh, seven years, so gradually in, in increasing from two to six to eight to 16, 20 villages. Now we have almost uh, over 36 villages which are ma managing their tendu leaves. Um, uh, we help them in their auctions, but then the rest of the processes are managed by the Federation of the Gram Sabhas. Um, then we have one village which man which has a sustainable amount of uh, bamboo for harvest and that has been harvesting bamboo i think for last 4 to 5 years uh, on it we initially helped them they are managing it on their own now um, then we have uh, villages which had uh, uh, like you know which had uh, which is a cluster of uh, custard apple uh, forest uh, little amount of custard apple not really huge but they are managing their custard apple quite well uh, <coughs> So there are these villages which are managing their uh, their minor forest produce quite well. They issued the transit permits, uh, the passes for transportation of minor forest produce from their areas to uh, to uh, wherever it has to be sold outside. So uh, and they have uh, a complete man right over the management of these areas. So they they are doing everything from uh, harvesting in the forest to the marketing of the uh, of the minor forest produce. They may need little bit of uh, technical legal support in terms of maybe uh, for um, uh, for their tender tendering process etc except only in tendu at this point so except for that bit um, they manage almost the entire process on their own uh, so that that's how the uh, gram sabhas are at this stage uh, not everyone is like you know uh, doing 100% well 
but they are all working towards it they are managing their minor minor water body so gram sabhas are doing fishing rights so they are doing fisheries also and they are managing the like you know they procure their seeds from the government hatcheries and then they do their own protection management marketing etc is done by the gram sabhas so there are these examples that are there uh, in the areas which are being done by the gram sabhas slowly eventually some of them are faltering some of them are falling some of them are having a little bit of mischief but they are all like you know trying to gear up and move towards uh, 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 something uh, good collectively yahan sanstao ko ek vyaspeet hota hai yahan ek adhyan ke group hota hai jaise aaj hum log uske bare mein ye sare jo aap sawal uske adhyan the organizations have a study we study and discuss all the issues that i have spoken about today matlab is tarah ka that is a big reason सरकार के साथ झगड़ा करने की पूरी हम लोगों की तैयारी है कोर्ट में जाना कोर्ट के साथ ये करना तो ये एक रहा है और फिर कानून लगन के साथ करने की थोड़ी कमी रही है जिंदाबाद मुर्दाबाद मोर्चा निकलना एक काम करते लेकिन इसको कानून झारखंड आई ऑब्जर्व दिफिशियंट स्ट्रगल अगेंस्ट द गवर्नमेंट विद इन द लीगल प्रोसेस इट इज ऑल गुड टू रेज स्लोगेशन बट देर नीड्स टू बी स्टेप बाई स्टेप ऑफ द लॉ रहा है और ये यकी मुझे कारण दिख रहा है कि उसके ये रहा है और कम्युनिटी का सपोर्ट भी है ऐसी भी नहीं कि कम्युनिटी हम लोग भी इतना कर पाए हैं या कर पा रहे तो देर इज ओनली वन रीजन फॉर दिस उनके लिए अपना where garchiroli district is unique in india ye iska ek kitna aur ye tribal department ek gram sabha ko ek village ko 177000 rupya deti hai maharashtra mein tribal supplant se paisa hai lekin wo kisko deti hai wo the tribal department is supposed to help the gram sabhas develop their management plans for the forest they have community rights over in maharashtra the tribal departments allocate an amount of 177000 rupees for each gram sabha for this purpose but who do they give it to they give it to ngos we are also ngo wars and it is like doing some work under a government tender so 72 gram sabhas of gadchiroli district and three from chandrapur demanded that this money be given straight to the gram sabha पैसे मांगे तो सबसे बड़ा तो कहा गया कि इस तरह का पैसा नहीं दे सकते लेकिन दो साल हमको झगड़ना पड़ा एक तो हमारी चार संस्था है ये चार संस्था ने बोले कि हम पैसा नहीं लेंगे आपको पैसा देना पड़ेगा कामनेशन Finally, this was successful, and these seventy-five gram sabhas now receive money directly from the tribal departments. So, what would the role of the NGOs be? The NGOs will help, but without taking money from the government or from the community. One lakh seventy-five thousand rupees. 
और उसमें फिर एनजीओ का क्या रोल रहेगा तो हमने बोले कि हेल्प करें हम एक मंत्र संस्था है हमें पैसा नहीं चाहिए सरकार से भी नहीं और कम्युनिटी से भी इन टर्म्स ऑफ द इंडिविजुअल्स इन्वॉल्व दैट इज द मेंबर्स ऑफ द सीएफआर कमिटीज व्हाट द चेंजेस यू ऑब्जर्व इन देम व्हाट आर द क्वालिटीज दैट डिस्टिंग्विश ए से ग्राम सभा और अ सीएफआर कमेटी दैट इज डूइंग वेल विद अ ग्राम सभा और अ सीएफआर कमेटी दैट इज नॉट डूइंग सो सो वेल so well i think one is the kind of like you know uh, leadership that that uh, facilitates the whole process so what we are saying is that wherever we have young people young youths who are uh, who are interested in their villages who are interested in their livelihoods those areas i think we are seeing um, we are seeing good performances um, uh, by the by the cfrmcs uh, by the gram sabhas overall also because they are trying to take lead uh, and trying to facilitate the whole process uh, so there there may be youth who are not part of the committee per se but they are trying to facilitate the whole process they have the ownership they take the responsibility of convening the uh, the entire uh, or putting together entire bits and pieces together for the gram sabhas because not everyone in the gram sabha has all the information or is uh, working all the time so you need to have these people who are uh taking the uh, taking the responsibilities to uh, to take the decisions of the gram sabhas forward so you have the the community forest rights management committee which is the executive committee which is responsible for carrying forward of the decisions but you also need people who will who will keep the accounts who will uh, like you know work as a uh, as a bridge between several gram sabhas so you have the young people you have the young women who are now coming forward and who are uh trying to take these leadership roles who are trying to uh, trying to take rather not the leadership roles but rather take the role of facilitators and that is that is very encouraging because it it is it is the future uh, uh of these young people uh, which are at stake at this point whether it is climate change uh, mitigations or whether it is uh, the livelihoods or whether it is the conservation of their natural resources or decisions of their natural resources so i think it is very uh, it is very empowering even for uh, for people like us to see young people take on the leadership roles uh, in, in these processes and what we are seeing is that they are not just taking uh, taking uh, taking charge of the minor forest produce but they are also taking charge of their schools they are ta- taking charge of their health issues they are taking charge of their food security issues so while we were while we were managing uh, 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 the issues of forest rights we had women coming to us from villages Uh, and saying that like you know we are we are facing pro- problem with our food security um, that comes to the fair through the fair price shops so uh, we've managed to uh, ensure that women uh, took over the fair price shops so now we have women who run the fair price shops uh, in 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 a few of the villages where even the cfr is being implemented and they do it uh, exceptionally well um uh, and it is not merely like you know on paper that women are doing it and uh, in in practice men do it it is not like that women uh, manage almost the entire process from uh, going to the uh, going to the government offices to ensuring that they are like you know, the food supplies are brought to the villages to ensuring that all the people in the villages get supplies so they they are doing exceptionally well uh, they have got greater amount of confidence um uh, they are able to negotiate with the government they are able to talk to the government uh, at at district levels even at some some people even at the state level uh, and negotiate with them about their rights um, they have fought for their conservation of their forest areas they have um, chucked of people who were uh, outsider who were encroaching uh, on their forest areas uh, they have been able to uh, ensure that their rules 
uh, that the gram sabhas had formulated for the conservation and protection of their areas are respected they have fined outsiders who have trespassed on their uh, forest areas or who have um, encroached on their lands so uh, we have seen a series of changes they have like you know they they have fined people who were even trying to like you know put traps for hunting of small uh, animals in the forest areas say the wild boars or anyone so um, all all these things are small steps uh, moving forward in time in trying to like you know ensure that their rights are respected um, and there are various examples of like you know on how the gram sabhas have actually uh, fought and conserve, fought for their uh, forest rights for the rights of the communities in the villages uh, be it education be it ration be it forest be it employment guarantee so all these areas i i think we have so many examples where uh, men and women young men and women are fighting for their rights after the uh, coming in of the fra two transformative laws the pesa in 1996 and the fra in 2006 carved out spaces in the law for community participation in the management and governance of forests these laws did not emerge from the benevolence of the indian state they were the results of more than a century of social movements in various parts of india that cried out against the injustice of treating forest dwelling communities as encroachers on their own lands an injustice that persisted even after the constitution of independent india promised special protections for adivasis and scheduled tribes we have come to the end of this episode of the nagrik podcast on how local communities are participating in the management of forests and forest resources 2021 marked 15 years of the Forest Rights Act and its most transformative provisions those related to community forest rights and their governance through village gram sabhas it was an opportunity to reflect not only on the economic and ecological impact of the community led management of forest resources but also on grassroots level democratic practices in relation to the governance of forests my thanks to mithili sethi vandana dhup purnima upadhyay Keshav Gurnule and Sharath Lele for speaking to the Nagrik podcast and to Jagat Sohail for his help thank you all for listening